In today's show, it's time to look at the waiver wire. Who's been added? Who's been dropped? Who should be added? Who should be dropped? All of that stuff, including a big bloke in Orlando, Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at basketballmonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at redrock underscore beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen. Every day we are free and we are available on all platforms. It's a waiver wire show. So we're going to look at players added, players dropped. As I said, players who should be added, should be dropped, and just some hot names. There's probably about 40 blokes that we're going to touch on in today's show. That sounds uh, sus. Giggity. All right, that's fine. Morning. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> <laughs> all right. The most added players. This is over. The last 48 hours, so it's trying to take into consideration who's been streamed and not streamed. Just the general feeling, I guess, of fantasy basketball managers. And of course, it's no surprise to see the number one guy on that list, Bol Bol. He's up 80% over that time. Um, and we all love Bol Bol. He's like the Taco Fall meme that can actually play. And sometimes I, I I push back a lot on the Taco Fall meme. I think it's disrespectful to Taco, to be honest, the way that people treat him. And Ball's a little bit the same, but he has actually played legitimately good rotation minutes um, at times. But I think maybe, maybe the hype is carrying us away here. Yes, he's the 81st ranked player this season. This is true. But I can 100% assure you he will not block 8.1 shots per 100 possessions. He just won't. He's at 2.8 in 16 minutes. Like, he's not going to be a five-block-per-game guy in 32 minutes. It just isn't going to happen. He's also shooting 70% from two. Maybe that can continue. He was at 61% from two last season. But he was at 47 the year before that. He was at 53. He's been all over the place. And I think the minutes are real. The 16 to 17 minutes are real. But he is getting by on insane blocks, and that is it. And if those blocks go from 2.8 to 1.3, well, then the value dissipates really quickly. And 1.3 in 16 minutes is still really good, but I don't see a path for Bowl playing 25 minutes a night. It just isn't there. So it's great. It's exciting. We love what he did. Um, yeah, look, he had, he's had eight blocks in the last two games, but he had three in the first two. And we wouldn't be that excited about the three in the first two, would we? Like, that's that's nothing. It doesn't really register for us. So I, I get it. I, I get the blocks are there, but don't get too excited. Don't get too attached to it. Precious Achua, the second highest ad. As long as Scotty Barnes is out, no worries. But even then, I'm not even sure it's worth it. He got a lot of rebounds. That is true. But he did nothing else. And he will continue to do nothing else most nights. And he's a real drain on both percentages. So he's a good streamer, but he is not a long-term option. And you have to weigh up. Do I want the value of streaming right now? In some cases, that might be yes. Or am I going to plan a little bit more longer term here? And maybe I sacrifice a category this week chasing a stream value. Streaming is vitally important to winning. And at some point, you have to really kick into streaming gear. It doesn't have to be after seven days have been gone in the NBA. 
Big Dick Nick Richards is next. I do believe he should start for the, the Hornets. But as I said, I have a level of skepticism because he was, what I think it was, I, th- I keep saying he got 20 and 9. I think he got 20 and 11 last game with two blocks on perfect shooting and played 20 minutes, six field, and Mason Plumley didn't close the game. So if Clifford wouldn't ride him, ride him extra minutes in that game, I'm not convinced he's going to make the switch anytime soon. But grab Nick. And we'll see what happens. I'd much prefer adding Nick Richards over Bowl and Achua. Trey Mann, great ad while Josh Giddy's out. I don't expect what he did last game to stick, but he's really solid for now. Dennis Smith Jr. is an excellent guy to add, so I love that people have added him um, while Rogier is out. Trey Murphy, I believe, is a must-roster player. Chetty Osman, the Discman. As long as Darius Garland out, he's providing solid back-end numbers. And then Royce O'Neal is one of the most added players over on Yahoo as well. That is chasing. He's averaging two steals and two blocks per game. And that will not stick. 100% assure you of that. It just is not going to happen. And yeah, then you'll be stuck with 8-4-2 and two with 1.53s. And I don't think you'd be that excited. I, I get adding him, right? No problem with adding him at all. I, I've seen Royce O'Neal. I've seen him for so long. And I'm just not going to buy this as anything that has any rootedness. Rootedness? I don't know. That don't, I mean, that's not the right word, but I don't care. You know what I mean? It doesn't feel like it's stuck in reality. It's just one of those hot streaks that those, if he has zero steals and zero blocks in today's game, then the value just like, it's gone. We'll see. Maybe I'm wrong on Royce O'Neal. I've just been, I'm not even going to say burnt because I never believed in him anyway, but I've just seen him do it for years or maybe not do it for years would probably be the better nomenclature. Some of the most dropped players. And it's hard to disagree with many of these. Some I do. Alexei Pokyshevsky, absolutely no reason not to jack him. The Kevin Herter one is a little bit curious. Now, Herter's upside is capped by Malik Monk having good games and the fact that he's Kevin Herter. But he's been pretty good. Look, he's the 95th ranked player. He had a struggle last game, but he'd been good prior to that. Not sure why he'd be so quick to dump him at the rates that he's been dumped. It doesn't make a ton of sense to me. I probably would have held him more so than a KCP or a Malik Beasley or even a Terrence Ross. Jalen Duran's been dropped a lot. And I get that as well, because I am more convinced that he is going to play in the G League versus playing 26 minutes as a starter, because Detroit has the worst coach in the NBA. Maybe equal with the Rockets guy. Not that I don't. Steven Silas. I don't know why I called him the Rockets guy. That had real orange team vibes to it. And I apologize for anyone who doesn't get that reference. But if you do, I hope you laughed. Anyway, Jalen Duran, I would hold a little bit. He's still getting 22 minutes a night, but I get it if you want to move on. Mo Bamba, it's the easiest jack of all time. Get that garbage out of here! Larry Nance has been dropped a lot. Yeah, I get it. It was a nice stream for yesterday. Don't know he was should have been dropped that much. He's been pretty good. Lou Dort. Get that garbage out of here! I just want it stated that I have been on record, and this made might like make me look foolish, that I said that Lou Dort will probably lose his starting spot this season to Jalen Williams. I am not a believer in Lou Dort. He's one of those guys that on a bad team was pushed into a role where they just gave him way too many shots and it fooled people into thinking that he's a really good player and he isn't. And I'm just not a Lou Dort believer. We can all have different opinions on players and he's just one of those guys that I'm down on. Now, he was a great stream option when it looked like Gideon Shea were both out and then he shit the bed and shot 11% with Shea coming back. And he just isn't good enough to hold out someone like Jalen Williams long-term. I don't, no problem dropping him. Norman Powell is one that I know that he's not this bad. 
right? The 25% shooting, whatever, is going to come up and it's going to come up really strong. My issue is there, where are the minutes? Like it's going to be very up and down. And even in the shooting comes back, he might play 26 minutes. And I'm not sure that's going to be enough. And he might have 21 usage instead of 27 usage in 33 minutes, which is really what he needs to be valuable. So if that's a preemptive drop, there's absolutely no problem with that. And then Dorian Finney-Smith. Dorian Finney-Smith might end this season as the 135th best fantasy player. And then on the surface, that seems asinine to drop a guy when you roster 156 guys plus injured reserve players. Well, he's clearly in that zone, isn't he? Yeah, he is. But there's no upside. Like what you should be doing with his roster spot is your worst or second worst player. There's no ability for him to become a top 90 player. There's no ability for him to break out and blow up. And we're trying to find those guys at this point. So what's the, what's the point? of holding on to someone like Finney Smith when who's going to rush to grab him. And even if they do rush to grab him, then you can rush to grab Harrison Barnes later on, or you can grab um, Robert Covington, or you can grab uh, Lou Dort, or you can grab one of the Royce O'Neal, one of the millions of other low usage 30 minute a night wings, DeAndre Hunter, who do jack shit in so many different categories, but end up 150th and you go, oh, they should be rostered. That's where I sit on Dorian Finney Smith. Where I sit on price picks is that it is daily fantasy and it's really, really easy. Instead of going up and creating lineups with salary caps up against people who spend all day crafting those lineups, all you do is go up against the player projections. Price picks puts them out and you look at it and you go, hmm, more or less. Easy. Luka Doncic, 30 and a half points, probably more. LeBron James, seven and a half assists, probably more. Russell Westbrook, five and a half turnovers. Well, today's zero because he's not going to play. And that's how you do it. You get two to five of those individual player projections and put them into a lineup and you can win up to 10 times your entry fee. It is that easy. It's available in over 30 states and in Canada. But it's not just basketball. You can do it with the NFL, NHL, baseball, NASCAR, women's college basketball, college football, men's college basketball, golf, NASCAR, MMA, boxing, um, Euro, basketball, uh, cricket, T20 World Cup. It's all there over on PrizePix straightforward. Download the PrizePix app or go to pricepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on. If you deposit 100, PrizePix gives you 100. If you deposit 50, PrizePix gives you 50 bucks. And so don't forget to enter the promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. Don't forget after listening to Locked On Fantasy Basketball, to check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter to the biggest stories in sports, it goes beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights that only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today, it's available on this app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. So we've looked at the most dropped players. Let's transition that into the jacklist. Get that garbage out of here! And these are guys that aren't appearing on that most dropped players, but guys that you can consider dropping. But... Before you look at this list and screenshot it and then go jerk off and say, Josh told me to drop these players, that's not what this is about, right? The Padawan Colin Sexton, I'm not convinced that he is going to have value anytime soon. But individual circumstances are apparent. Now, there are some schools of thought that go, well, Sexton, they're just easing him back in after his knee injury. They're just going to ramp him up slowly. Mike Conley is going to be traded soon. And those things could be true. I don't believe that they are. At this point, Colin Sexton is Mike Conley's backup. He's getting no real minutes at the two, and he is getting the minutes that Conley doesn't play. 
So I don't think it's a case of they're ramping him up and he'll play 30 minutes and then he'll take over from Beasley and he'll take over from Clarkson. I don't necessarily think that is true. But if you do, then you hold. Or if you think Conley's getting traded in the next three weeks, fine. But you literally, literally might be waiting until January for Sexton to get over 20 minutes a night. And I think that is the most likely scenario. Does that mean, like, is he that high of an upside player? Not really. Like, he can score. He's shooting horribly. That will improve. Steals and blocks and rebounds and assists are usually pretty low for him. But the opportunity, he's the fourth guard on this team at the moment. That's not a great opportunity. Now, again, I am not saying to go and drop him. I'm saying that he can be considered. And that's going to depend on a lot of individual circumstances on your team. But I think the most likely scenario is that Colin Sexton is playing in a reserve role for a couple of months here at least. And not being rosterable for a couple of months makes it really hard to hold on to somebody. Games cap format, Roto, you hold. Weekly lineups, you hold. Deeper benches, you can hold. All of those things. But if you're a standard daily changes type format, when you've got to use that 12th and 13th roster spot every day, he might be giving you very little. Now, it's, at least, it's something to think about. I probably wouldn't do it. In fact, I have him on a team and I haven't dropped him. But he's in that mix. DeAndre Hunter. I just think, we, like we talked about with Dorian Finney-Smith, like, what does he do? 31 minutes, 12 points, four rebounds, one assist, maybe a steal every second game, 44% shooting perhaps. This, I don't foresee a breakout coming. He's the fourth offensive option on this team. And he gets nothing defensively and gets no rebounds and is inefficient. No point to holding him. John Wall, a lot of hype about John Wall, a lot of hype about the 225th ranked player this season. And at some point, yeah, look, he does look better than Reggie Jackson, but his assist rate is well down. And I think some of that is scheme and the way the team looks. His efficiency is not there. And I just don't think there's 30 minutes coming for John Wall. I don't think he's going to play that. Reggie is still hampered by some injuries as well. And I think we're holding on to John Wall for name value. I do not think he's a must-hold player. And I already talked about Preston Chua. I don't look, while Scotty Barnes is out, sure. But even if you dropped him before Barnes returns, I don't actually think you miss him that much. I don't think he's worth it. These guys that are italicized down the bottom, it could apply to category leagues. And those ones at the top are more category league-based ones. But again, it might suit you in points leagues. But these ones down here are definitely points leagues ones. And these are rostered in over 50% of leagues. Herb Jones is not a points league must-roster player. Look, I don't even think he's a must-roster category league guy, but you decide that yourself. He's a steal specialist who has no steals. That will come. Do not worry about the steals. They will come. They might not hit 1.7, as I drummed into your head a million times in the preseason. 1.7 is really good. 1.3 is really good, but it's not game-changing. And that's how weird it is with the steals category. Right, and I told you this a million times about if the steals just go from very good to good, then the value for any player evaporates really quickly. And that's what we're seeing here with Herb. Now, the steals will come, but what else does he do? And in points leagues, he doesn't do anywhere near enough. 1.7 steals is like five fantasy points. Like, who cares? A block, that's another three. It's not enough to care. Brandon Clark, he's a clear drop in all formats, all 12-team formats, categories and points. Absolutely. He probably wasn't a points league draftable guy to begin with. And he was a guy in the last three weeks of preseason. I said, I'm not drafting him. Like, I'm just not interested. And he shouldn't be held. Derek White, old Maximum Derek. Maximum Derek. Now, Derek White's going to have the big games that I like him for. He's going to have the games that people ridicule me for. It's going to happen. But at the moment, the path to those big games just isn't as clear. I just think you're holding, waiting 
for a big performance, it's not going to come often enough. And we'll do this one now. The Pencil Harrison Barnes. Barnesy. Absolutely no right way. There's no reason to hold Harrison Barnes in a 12-team league. Um, they're going to start Keegan Murray today. About the, I swear to God, that Casey Okpala thing, I swear to God, the, the, the stupidity that NBA coaches go through routinely every year and never learn their lesson boggles my mind. Boggles my mind. Casey Okpala won't play a single second today. He'll go from starting to playing zero minutes. It happens every single time. Maybe, hey, you can come back to this later on and tell me that I'm wrong, that Akpala played 15 minutes off the bench. Almost definitely he won't. Um, but fuck, this is so dumb. Um, Harrison Barnes, yeah, absolutely no reason to be holding him in standard leagues. 14-teamers, I get it, and he will be much better than he has been. But there's no way to hold him in a 12-teamer. Let's, let's move that across to must-roster players. So what's a must-roster player? These are guys who in my projections, I've got projected to be top 100 the rest of the way, who are available in too many leagues. And to me, too many leagues is like 15 to 20% of them. And you might say, these guys are all rostered in my league, Josh. And I say, congratulations, you're in a league that's full of smart managers. But evidently, there's 20% of leagues that aren't full of smart managers. And some of those people are, not saying you're not the smart ones, but you're in a league where some of your compatriots maybe aren't really as switched on. And all you guys are new to fantasy. All you guys don't understand how the players are valued. And that is completely valid. We're all here to learn and, and I learn things new every day. So these guys shouldn't be sitting on any waiver wire. Now, when I looked at all my metrics, I looked at my top 100 category projected players. No one fell into that designation. But when I looked at points leagues and the points leagues uh, roster percentage metrics that I use, there are a lot of guys available who should not be. These are all, I think, top 100 points league players who are available in at least 15% of leagues and maybe more in some cases. I hope that explanation was enough. Nick Claxton, what are we doing? Please. Oh, Jesus Christ, add him. Humpty Dumpty, Benedict Matherin, his teammate, Sticks, Jalen Smith. Zero excuse for any of these players not to be rostered. Mike Conley and the man on the street, Jordan Clarkson. J-O-R-D-A-N-C-L-A-R-K-S-O-N. Oh, but they might be traded. Yeah, but who cares? They're not. They might be traded in February. They might not be traded at all. Please, don't leave them on the wire. Kyle Lowry. Double cheeked up on a Thursday afternoon. Now, this is just nonsense. I know he's had some real struggles, but if you believe that Kyle Lowry is a 28% shooter, then leave him on the wire. You're wrong, but leave him on the wire. Please, don't leave him on the way. Add him, please. Uh, Cole Anthony and Trey Jones. This is crazy to me. Starting point guard, starting point guard, starting point guard, starting point guard, starting shooting guard, starting power forward, starting center, 30-minute-a-night reserve guard. They should, every one of those guys, be rostered. Even in 10-team leagues. These are all rosterable guys in 10-team leagues. Let's look at some hot players. These guys are all top 100 guys since the start of the season. Let's evaluate where they are. Marcus Morris. Eh. Eh. I don't think so. Stream, but yeah, he's obviously out at the moment. I wouldn't buy into it. Chetty Osman, we talked about that earlier. He's putting up really good numbers with Garland out. He's got short-term value. Jalen McDaniels, not Jaden, Jalen. This is the Hornets guy, a guy that I was pretty interested in at the beginning of the season. I said, hey, just watch to see. I think we might get a little bit of something interesting happening with him um, and Steve Clifford. Clifford might really like what he does. Hasn't really gotten huge minutes, but with 
Ball out, Rogier out, Martin out. He's blocking a shot a game. He's shooting really well. But I don't really buy this at all. I don't think he's a 12-team league guy. I say all of that. And then Farton, Will Barton. Um, 110th ranked player he is this season. Uh, he's averaging 12 points, 50% shooting, and there's your number one thinker. Oh, 50%, no way. This is Will Barton. I know who Will Barton is, and he's not a 50% shooter. He's also at 57% from three, where I go, absolutely not. Not interested, not adding him, don't care at all, not even remotely, slightly close to it. In points leagues, these guys are all top 100 guys, and they're available in some spots. Lonnie Walker, not a big Lonnie Walker fan, but in a points league, with the minutes he's getting, you've got to do it. Royce O'Neill is a hot player who I do not think he's going to maintain this long-term. Dennis Smith is a top 100 guy. Yeah, for now, we, we roll with him. And then Trey Murphy. Yeah, obviously. Trey Murphy is a 12-team league guy until he isn't because there might be a minute squeeze. I would love for them to just go 28 a night with him. Don't know that it's going to happen, but yeah, I'm really excited about what he's bringing. And let's just go through a bunch of other names that I think are worth mentioning. Jalen Noel has got a usage that's blowing out his ass. It is gigantic. And that is translating to good fantasy points numbers and good scoring numbers in category leagues. And 14 team leagues need to pay attention. The big fella, Jock Landau, I think he's been super impressive. He is uh, not as good as DeAndre Ayton, but he's definitely producing good value behind DeAndre Ayton. If Ayton, anything happens, I would rush to add Landau. He, he flashed last season in San Antonio. He had a dumb play at one point in San Antonio that was, I can't remember what it was, some sort of stupid foul or inbound pass or something. I think it was an inbound pass, but he's really good. And he's a name to watch. Kelly Oubre is available in like 30% of leagues. I don't like Oubre, but with everyone out, that shouldn't be the case. Aaron Gordon, another name that is still not even 80% rostered. He's taken a step forward. Michael Porter Jr.'s back is, uh-oh. I'm not fully panicking on Porter, but it's not great. Um, and that's good. Vanderbilt, why is he not at 95? Yeah, must roster. Another name who's on that list is Tari Preseason, who... I, I really worry that he's going to be just not played. But he is still top 150 for the year, despite the limited minutes, 139th. Nine and six with a steal and 0.8 blocks. And we know that if he plays 25 minutes, he smashes it, like he smashes it. But much like with Colin Sexton, how long are we prepared to wait for it? So he is a hard one in that sense. If he gets the DNP, then that's see you later. Max Struess, ups and downs. And while Yurt Seven's out and Oladipo is out, Struess is providing at least solid numbers and solid minutes to be a points and threes option. But long-term, I don't really see it. And then the other one is the Moose, Mike Muscala. Don't look now, but Muscala is good. I don't know if that's the right word. He's the 120th ranked player in 14 minutes. He's averaging 10 and 7. It's coming on 60% shooting, which is 83% from two, but great rebounds, good scoring, hitting threes, really efficient. If you are looking on a low-volume night like yesterday... He's, eight, he's never going to blow it up with 20 minutes. He's just not. But if you're looking for a stream on a low-volume Thunder Day, Muscala is putting up some interesting name, numbers. Not names, numbers. All right, that'll do it for me today. Don't forget, follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app here on YouTube. Thumb it up. Subscribe. Comment. Guys, we're done. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya. <laughs>